Welcome to Fraser's Ridge, an Outlander podcast. I'm Tiffany, and I'm here with my buds, Katie and Aaron. Hi, Katie. Hi, Tiff. Hey, Aaron. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. How about you? <laughs> doing marvelous. <laughs> Just marvelous after this amazing episode. <laughs> riveting episode. <laughs> the, the edge of our seat here. <laughs> so much sarcasm. <laughs> We're, we're laughing because we are split between the feelings on this episode. <laughs> Two hate it, one likes it. I wonder if people could guess who. I'm yeah. sure there'll be I no think doubt. I always like it. I'm starting to think about the company we keep. <laughs> oh, God. That was heavy handed, I have to say. Um, but yeah, so it's my turn to lead this recap. And I'm super excited actually to talk about. Brownsville, the town I love to hate the most. I hate these people. Um, this episode was titled The Company We Keep, and it was written by Barbara Stepanski, who is new to Outlander, but not new to the industry, and directed by Jamie Payne. So two in a row for JP. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we open with our title card, and it depicts a man in a lacy, ornate sleeve flipping a coin between his fingers, a la Two-Face from Batman. And no, my gut... Was... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. <laughs> what? Well, that's, a, that's a bonnet thing, right? Like, he does It is that. a bonnet thing, too. Mm-hmm. So I, but I, I feel like this that... to be him. I don't even Me remember too. the scene. I think I missed the scene entirely. <laughs> Whoops. Well, they, they didn't do a cold open this episode, so that was uh, the first of the season. So it went right from the um, version that we love of the Sky Boat song to the opening <laughs> title with this hand flipping the coin, wearing some very fancy uh, suit jacket or whatever it was. <laughs> it was a little bit like um, Ron Weasley's like ball <laughs> outfit before Hermione tried to cut the lace off for him and everything. <laughs> Very true. It was a bit much. But yeah, I also was like, this is Bonnet with his coin luck flipping thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, Aaron? You didn't remember this part? No, I don't. Wait, is this just oh, like okay. the, the scene where the credits or the name of it go over? Yes. Oh, yeah, the name okay, of the episode. Okay. I think I was like yeah. highly distracted. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, I Oh, I actually liked this. This is one of the few parts of the episode that I liked. I liked it too. Only going I was like, I'm glad we're keeping Bonnet alive. It was all downhill from here. Oh, wait, downhill. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle this. Okay. So. Roger and company arrive at Brownsville and they alert the town to their presence with their, my favorite saying, hello, the house, and are met with the friendly Browns folks sliding guns between the slots of their homes, uh, which was in a way that, again, felt very onion town to me. Um, Shots are fired and they run for cover. And we learn out finally who the mystery man is. It's Isaiah Morton. And the Brownsville people want him. Another Do you have idea. any thoughts on this? 
<laughs> Another Aya. I-A <laughs> name here. I was like, wait, Josiah, Taziah, Bariza, Mahaya. Who is this new Aya? I mean, kind of a moment of like, at. oh, it's that guy. <laughs> and then I had to think about reading the book and realize that I don't remember. I barely remember this storyline, actually. Same. I also, yeah. I don't really remember the initial like Brownsville visit and this whole Isaiah Alicia yeah, thing very just well. that it went awry like that's all I really remember you're <laughs> a mystery guy we've been trying to figure out right or no yeah he is okay. we finally figure him out and now he you know spoiler alert he's like gone I guess I don't know if he'll be back but <laughs> anyway so Alicia Brown runs out and proclaims her love for him and now we can see what the issue is right these two are in love they did the dirty, but they weren't married, um, and her family is upset. Yep. So Alicia's mom comes out and literally tries to slap sense into her and pulls Alicia back inside. And I was like, that's excessive, Alicia's mom. Do we need yeah, to call this, CPS? This just, like, made me sad to be a woman in, like, the 1800s. Right. I know. <laughs> I like, God. man, um, life is not good. Sidebar, I was having some major, like, Leary vibes. Like, I was, like, I don't know why. I feel like she looked a lot like Leary. Um, I know there's no connection mm. at all, but I'm, like, this actress even. I thought she looked so young, you know, the actress who played her. I don't know how old she's supposed to be, but I yeah. thought she had, like, a very youthful face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. let me just correct myself here. I think I just said 1800s, and I meant 18th century. <laughs> So. Yeah. Oh shoot! We're gonna get one star on <laughs> on iTunes podcast Sorry, now. Guys. A fact, fact <laughs> check. I was looking oh, for a historically accurate podcast. <laughs> I didn't watch the intro title, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the here. best part. <laughs> I missed the best part. <laughs> so Roger and Fergus are both hiding together, and and Roger like asks the Lord for courage out loud, which I thought was a good nod to like his religious side of himself. And honestly, I did feel a bit bad for him because, you know, he really is very far out of his element here, but he turns like right to his area of expertise, which is history and thinks of Dutch courage and asks Fergus to fetch some whiskey as he puts his gun down as a sign of peace and not quite surrender. Mm -hmm. uh, so then we transition to a shot of the Ridge in the big house and Brianna is being greeted by Lizzie as Brianna returns from town. And we kind of get a sense that they're doing financially well, because in addition to supplies, Brianna has brought perfume back for Lizzie, which is seems yeah. like an extravagance for this time to me. Yeah, now we all get to know Lizzie smells like orange blossoms. <laughs> Thanks, Bri. <laughs> We're so lucky. <laughs> Bri was like She's just really... doing a sister a favor. She was like really feeling herself that scene though like she was just like floating around and like feeling good and like i don't know like hitting the cbd like she just looked so good and like chill and, like i don't know i just thought it was a neat scene for her which maybe is like contrasting later in the episode a bit here but she definitely every thrives. woman needs some retail therapy Legit. yeah she thrives <laughs> on being in charge and in control mm-hmm yep so Brianna finds a coin in Jem's carrier and asks Mrs. Bug about it. And Mrs. Bug tells her that an Irishman was kind of fussing over Jemmy and asking whether he takes after his mother or father. So Brianna starts like 
really questioning Mrs. Bug, asking if he had a scar and trying to ascertain whether or not this man was Bonnet. And Mrs. Bug doesn't really recall. So Brianna tries to brush it off, but we can see that she's pretty haunted and bothered from this. So here's the stupid me. I totally thought that this coin was like a coin from the future. And she was freaking out <laughs> because someone's going to find it and find out she's from the future. And then I was like, duh, Bonnet. Okay. I'm such an idiot. So I may mean, literally had this. Because like, you missed the theater. title card. I missed the stupid <laughs> title card. <That's> <laughs> um, but it's really funny you say that, Aaron, because there's a movie called Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeves. And yes. Yes, oh, my goodness. I, I forget what. Movie. I forget what her name is from Dr. Quinn, oh, Medicine Woman. Yeah, 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 Dr. Quinn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was a Bond woman. Oh, God, and she, name? like, makes the jewelry. <laughs> yep, yep. That was such a good movie. Throwback to It's Super so Reed. good. It's so good. But, like, basically, he goes back in time, and there's coins involved in him going back in time. Oh, I won't spoil sorry. it for you guys, but, yeah. Jane, I've never Jane seen Seymour. it, yeah. Seymour. Yeah. Jane Seymour, yeah. Yes. Who was also um, the Burber baby. Did we know this? No. She was the original Burber baby of Jane Seymour. No totally. way. Okay. I, I know that. That's a major know. accomplishment. <laughs> but yeah, if you haven't seen it, I highly, highly, highly recommend. So Brianna, I thought very smartly suggests that everyone stay in the big house together because safety in numbers. Mm -hmm. um, and then we transition back to Brownsville and we're at a trading post. Hence words over whiskey, like the actual whiskey. And Mr. Brown finds it palatable enough and asks if they're whiskey merchants. But Roger explains that they're called by Governor Tryon to march against the regulators. Right. And a moment that I liked in this show uh, this particular episode was when the whiskey was like dripping from the tap and all like the body language of all the other men was like, I'd love to have a wee dram or five, you know, they're all like mm -hmm. leaning forward wanting yep. to have some of that whiskey. <laughs> but, yep. So Roger proposes a toast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> they hate it. <laughs> whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. I'm going yeah. to try to make you appreciate it by the end. I It just didn't do anything for me. It's just like more Roger failing. Like we get it. <laughs> But, but, like, but I just think, like, it's believable because why would Roger be successful in this situation? You know, like, he has no, none of these skills. That's what's not believable to me because literally they're all giving him such a hard time and they know he's from the future. <laughs> like, he's never led a militia before. Like, the, the guy <laughs> You mean paper. Jamie? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jamie, just Jamie yeah, knows I mean, that. Yeah, but he's the one that. Claire like, gives him a pass. He gives them pass, but Jamie's the one that's like really hard. Even that scene later on, which I'm sure we'll get to, where he's like kind of pissed at him a little bit um, for like doing, mm -hmm. you know, pick his choices. It's like, yo, chill, man. He's stuck in time. You know this. He's married to your daughter. Take a chill pill, Jamie. Like, come on. You were like a frat boy when Claire met you. You didn't have your shit together. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, take it down a notch, please. <laughs> <laughs> the, the father-in-law vibes are just so cringy and like roger just ugh. Well, like, seriously, it's like no i yeah jamie's being like super harsh but roger's also just like such a waste case it's like i just i can't care at this point well like do you remember season one he literally was like he had to marry making Claire. out with larry yeah, yeah. Like, it was just so like oh my god i don't know 
Okay, we can we can continue. I'm gonna cool off a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay. So Roger starts, you know, trying to uh, convince Mr. Brown of having his men enlist in the militia and talks about, you know, how much they could earn, which sounds pretty good. But Mr. Brown is only worried about his daughter's honor. And he goes on to explain that Isaiah Morton cost him a fortune, as Aaron said. He had found a great match for her. In Elijah Ford, a man with 10 acres, not quite Mr. Darcy's level of 10,000 a year, <laughs> but respectable nonetheless. But Alicia just straight out, Alicia straight out refuses him because she's in love with Morton. Roger <laughs> asks if Mr. Brown would have his daughter marry Morton, but he gets a firm no from him. So I was going to ask you guys how you felt Roger was handling this situation so far, but I think we kind of addressed that. Well- can totally. I just also say, I don't think it's a situation. This is, I think, what I hated about the episode. It's like, everybody is so, str- like, it's like, they need to be on, like, Low Sartan or something. Because, like, they're so <laughs> amped up. Like, <laughs> I mean, honest to God, it is, like, so unnecessary. Like, they want to murder this guy because he's, like, pretty much, like, ruined their chance. I'm pretty sure they all had some type of guy crush on this other guy who was interested in their daughter or whatever. They were like so upset about the whole damn thing. It's just, it's so unnecessary. And then they just start drinking. Like how like Mm -hmm. toxic masculinity, whatever is this? I I didn't even say that right. This is just so over the top, unnecessary. Everybody needs to chill. I'm sorry. I think that was, but the whiskey was Roger's brilliant idea. Like, doesn't he, when he's sitting there with Fergus as like the bullets are whizzing by, he's like, think Roger, think. And it was like, (laughs) oh God. Like, let's just drink. Oh my God. Let's just get them drunk and sing to them. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, but this is the Browns. Like the Browns are just a-holes. So half of the people in this town like seem okay. You know what I mean? Like as the <laughs> as the episode continues, I'm like, oh, not an asshole. Like you're okay. You're okay. Like this guy's upset. Maybe not my favorite person, but it was just kind of like like watching paint dry for me. Yeah. It was that one, it was that main actor leading the conflict. Have you guys seen him before? He's actually been in a lot of stuff. He's been in um no. the Netflix series Glitch. He played this like old guy. He was in um that one movie with Martin Freeman, I think. No, no, no. The one with the angel and the devil who are friends and the guy from like Doctor Who. Oh, that's uh the Neil Gaiman oh. show. Yes. yes. Um, that was on um, Amazon. Yeah, I watched that. That I was good. That was cool. But the devil in that, like, they're not the devil, but like the really bad henchman, um, demon. That was the same uh-huh. actor, the one who oh. like was just bad the whole time and not making any light bulbs go on. But hopefully, for our fans out there who are a big fan of this no-name actor, check him out. Hit the IMDb. Um, yeah, okay. Well, we could good omens. I good omens. Yes, yes. good omens. Thank good you. Omens. I found some of the language used hilarious though like did you guys catch mr brown calling isaiah a grass-livered spittle snake <laughs> no <laughs> like totally no, mr brown that's a burn oh, oh man <laughs> i'm gonna save that that is executed just for that good <laughs> <laughs> then uh we transition with a nature shot which we've doing been doing a lot of lately and someone filling up a canteen and we find out we're with my faves jamie and claire on their own in the woods 
And Claire's holding the baby in like the most awesome knitted sling that I, I wish I could have had. I know. I was like, these for are my such guy. a hot ticket. <laughs> yes. I was like, I could like make these and sell these on Etsy or something. And but she takes it off later. It's like just a scarf. Like she just like tied oh. a scarf around her. Yeah. So resourceful. So Jamie is loving the look of Mother Claire. And I know some of us did not enjoy this, but I thought it was sweet. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> I'm getting so many eyes from Katie right now. <laughs> I don't, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I guess I wasn't the fan that was really sad to not get to see the story of them being parents play out. I just, I, so maybe this was for the, that group of people, but like, I, I just didn't, this did not fill a void for me that I needed filling or anything. But <laughs> I feel like it also wasn't a void that needed to be filled by them. It's like, they're acting as if like yeah. no time had passed. She literally went through those stones and was missing for years. Raise Breeze what? Like, 20. It's yeah. 20 years. 20 years. Like, <clears throat> take, this is not even something that I think would be on the normal person's realm of consciousness. I think after surviving all that, Frank dying, going through the stone, like, eh, eh, Free getting raped. Really, the last thing we're worrying about is their feelings because they didn't get to raise a child together. Like, yeah, I mean, last episode, on. she just said, she was like, what kind of world is this? And like, all this stuff. Yeah. And now it's like, I think it's the world where you and I get to raise a baby together. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> oh. To be fair, to be fair, I think that Jamie just has a different perspective. He doesn't think this is like a miserable awful world because it's all he knows and he did miss out on a chance of raising his kids so I think he has like first time dad perspective where he doesn't even realize like how difficult it is and how much of an impact on their lives it would be you know he didn't get like any toddlers he does have grandkids but it's not the same as having like oh wait and Leary's kids let's not forget about them like Marceline they were big no, he they like did with her. No, when, she, yeah, but they were like bigger. They were like teenagers right. when he moved in with them. Well, still, you, you think know, he'd definitely be over it then. Like if he had to deal with like a whole bunch of like girl teenagers for like years, like <laughs> I think he should just like put that globe away and just <laughs> chill with Claire. He's missing the babyness. Like Wait. babies are cute. No, nobody likes babies. Okay. Yeah, no, no I like I like oh, it. Wait. I just I just didn't like this for them. Like I, I guess Yeah. Like in the in the books this always felt like um it kind of was closure on him not not getting to be there when Brie was younger, but I didn't get mm-hmm. that. I didn't get that from this. Yeah, um, it wasn't as effective here yeah yeah like it, it was like this in the, like I said in the books it just kind of put put that story to bed and it was just like okay we can move on from him having guilt over you know not being able to be there and we know that he can be happy with what did happen or whatever and we can move forward but this was just like oh there's a different version of season five where we decide to raise a baby (laughs) (laughs) alternate reality (laughs) my big question is like how have they not raised a baby together yet like come on they are doing it all the time like how is she not pregnant like come on they've literally like menopause 
Yeah. Right? Like menopause. But she's like in her forties, right? Fifties. They talk about it and in the books more about her like her personal medical history and when she gets <laughs> pregnant in the books with Faith. It's Mm -hmm. a huge deal because she didn't think she was able to have children, I believe. So she Mm -hmm. has some pre-existing conditions where basically Brie is a miracle baby. And and also Claire in the books and a little bit on the show is very frequently talking about um, different methods of contraception. Mm -hmm. This is true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess she's got multiple methods. All right. (laughs) <laughs> you guys would know better than me all but right, fair all question right. you know I'm like, well, so we learned that they've been giving the baby goat's milk for now but they really need to find a nursing mother in brownsville and jamie tells claire they'll be there before dusk uh, and we also learned that jamie has named the baby bonnie indicating that he is a bit attached to the baby then we transition to Roger smiling at people as they exit a building in Brownsville, just trying to win people over with that charm. Jamie and Claire are still traveling there. They're, they stop to fill up their like water bottle, and they talk about the baby. And then Roger and Fergus talk about how some of the men left, uh, Roberts and Morrison, and some of the other men who didn't respect Roger's choice to turn Morton over have left. And... Then we see Jamie and Claire and Baby ride up on their coach, and Roger is serenading the men of Jamie's company in Brownsville. So yeah, now we're, we're there. So you didn't like this? You didn't no, like this? No, I just thought this? it was funny. You was guys, like, you're okay, killing me. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> oh this my was God. like this was the most true to the books in terms of Roger singing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point in the season, I'm so sick of Roger singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> great. This I think it. they should have cut. They should have cut out the love, like the modern songs. I think I'm. I like this much better, and I like hearing him be super Scottish and sat pronouncing over his head as, or on his head as on his heed, and yeah. things like that. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I agree. I think this moment could have been a lot more meaningful if. Uh, if we hadn't had so much Roger singing in previous episodes, but at the same time, it's like here Roger is again, screwing up and people are leaving because of his decisions. And what's he doing? He's just singing. (laughs) He's trying. He's like, I am going to charm them with my singing, keep them fed and entertained. He's doing the Roman thing, right? Like the whole gladiator concept yeah, of keep the people like, fed and entertained he's the court jester like i just he doesn't realize it yeah he's like just singing and I, staring at jamie as he like arrives creepily right <laughs> well i thought he looked like super relieved to see jamie and claire but i don't know what it, or do you think he looked scared i read it as relieved oh yeah for sure yeah I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I can. Well, apprehensive. Yeah, I think he was. <laughs> he was happy to see that. Fair enough. <laughs> so Josiah runs over to Jamie and Claire, and Jamie lets him know that they've secured his brothers and his indenture papers, and they won't see Mr. Beardsley again, and they're free. Josiah wants to ride with them to Hillsboro and fight with the militia, but Jamie won't let him do it. He asks him how old he is. Josiah doesn't even know, which is so sad. But Jamie basically says that, like, you're too young. You didn't just 
that's when your freedom to go die on a battlefield. Go back to the ridge and hunt for the people yeah. there. He said, uh, you fought hard for your freedom. Wouldn't want you to want to lose it in death. Oh my god, jeez, I'm reading it for the paper. Fought hard for your freedom. Wouldn't want to lose it in death. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I felt like there was a lot of back and forth here between of them saying, you're 14. <laughs> like, it was just yeah, like, there was. He was like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm telling you, you're 14. <laughs> you know, honestly, okay. though, in Faith to the Show, I definitely get PTSD from these kind of scenes, though, because of season one, when they, like, executed those kids who, like, joined the Battle of Kalanadin, remember? The, like, horrible, oh, horrible yeah. scene. And, like, that's the one thing about Outlander that, like, it keeps me on the edge of my seat because I'm like, they could just literally, like, kill anybody in the show. <laughs> They're so ruthless in some mm-hmm. of their scenes. So, like, those are the scenes where I, like, literally, like, okay, like, let's get him out of here because I don't want him again against a wall getting, like, a firing squad on him. Because that was intense. That was, like, mm-hmm. a shocking Outlander, pit of your stomach, nauseated episode. Ugh. But anyways, carry on, dear. Mm-hmm. So Claire's on a hunt for a nursing mother, and Jamie joins her as they come upon Fergus. And this is where Fergus lets them know that there was a bit of a difficulty, and yes, they are just giving out their whiskey. Claire interrupts, says she has a small difficulty of her own, and Fergus, always quick with a joke, compliments Jamie on his quick work, which I thought was funny and charming, but maybe I'm the only one. <laughs> No, this, this was cute, I guess. I mean, but I, yeah. I, I did, I, I have a comment though. Do you, I, and this is, I'm, I don't know that much about the historical fashions at the time, but I did, I do feel like they dressed uh, Fergus a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like he was like dressed. He in looked like French. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, oh, I feel like <laughs> Fergus just step, stepped out of Les Miserables. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I noticed his cloak as well, and I was like, okay, Fergus, yeah. where did you import this from, like, while you're in the middle of the Blue Ridge Mountains? Yeah, right. while I was writing on the back of your notes, I, uh, <laughs> I stopped by some <laughs> French cloaks. <laughs> so Claire's brought to a cider house. That Could you cool. guys imagine how popular this place would be today? Like, just get Roger and his band and some cornhole. And a few different cider varieties, and it'd be like a huge hit. Yeah, like I see hipster hangout, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Total hipster hangout. <laughs> so Claire's introduced to Lucinda, who just gave birth. She's like the redeeming brown of the bunch in my mind. Yeah. Um, she just like totally quickly takes the baby and starts feeding her, and mentions how strong and healthy the baby is. And we'll see the importance of this comment pay off a little bit later. And Claire starts to explain a bit about the baby's origins. Jamie pulls Roger aside to ask about this difficulty that Fergus told him about. And Roger starts flexing his history muscles as Jamie questions his use of the whiskey with a one in Rome and explaining Dutch courage. So I didn't love this. Um, It seems that Roger was like a lexicographer because he was teaching his students about the origins of words and phrases um, and tries to drop that knowledge on Jamie as well, who was just like, couldn't be less interested. Yeah, Jamie doesn't care. I don't care. No one cares, Roger. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it to yourself, Roger. Yep, just keep singing. Like, it didn't make sense when you did it, and it doesn't make sense when you tried to explain it now. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Jamie, his mind is wandering, and all of a sudden he notices that, like, some of the men are gone and asks Roger about it. And Roger's like, yikes, uh, yeah, they left. And Jamie's freaked out because he's supposed to come with a show of force. So Roger brings Jamie to Morton, who's totally unguarded because everybody's wasted. And Jamie, for the first time, questions Roger about if he knows what the word captain means. Mm-hmm. And explains that they left because he betrayed their trust, which was very heavy dad disappointed in son-in-law kind of mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, I agree. This was heavy-handed, at, like you guys are both saying. And it's just like, I don't know, I, Sam Hugan, it, it, I don't know if it's because he doesn't have kids or whatever. I, I don't know. It does. It always feels like a little try-hardy or like just a little mm-hmm. overdone when he when he has these scenes. These well, like dad moments. Yeah, but yeah. I swear to God, they put old people makeup on. Like, they put one of those old people moles on the side of his face just to make him look older. Do you notice that? Like, he has this, like, one... Like a sunspot? He, he has, like, a sunspot <laughs> on, like, the left side of his cheek. He has, like, but I'm, like, like, right here? Yeah, they definitely... Yeah, that's, like, on his face, for real. They amplified that. I found so it very bad. just... They might have... Yeah, they might have, like, painted it up. I, I found it, like, really that. distracting. I was like, should that be removed? But That's what I'm saying. I feel like they do something. They're like, let's let's give him some, like, you know, some age spots. Really, like... You need to have out. Claire check that mole out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get a skin check. Like, cut it beyond the margins. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Morton says that he would marry Elise. But he can't because he's already married through an arranged marriage. And Jamie frees him and tells him to run. So he does. Then we're back with the ladies, and Claire's finishing up her Beardsley story, getting wasted on cider. And basically everyone starts shit talking the Beardsleys and how weird they were, which I I am down with that kind of a moment. Mm-hmm. Claire spills her cider on the newspaper and now we find out that yes her dr rawlings recommendations were printed and the women there think it's pretty much trash yeah any thoughts i found her knocking the cup over really awkward like this moment really took me out of the like for a second like it like they didn't they didn't do a good job of making it seem like an accident like it almost seemed like she did Mm -hmm. it on purpose and I like, and so I was like, wait, what's happening? And then I was like, oh, she's going to find her, her yeah. like oh. uh, preventative medicine thing. But I, it just kind of, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't flow well for me. It seems out of character because she's usually so graceful. Mm-hmm. Claire. I thought, I thought but... the scene was a little lackluster because, <laughs> well, I mean, just in the sense of like, okay, they've, she finds she starts reading the thing the girl starts reading it she doesn't finish her sentence of what she was reading so like i kind of wanted to know about the bloodletting or i wanted a little more detail and then you think it's going to be a scene like with them with them with the women and somehow about this knowledge and maybe claire talking to them about health and stuff too but it wasn't at all it was just like i think the scene Mm could have been way better given what it had right there you know at the table so again it was just kind of like like runs out of the room can i take this oh also she so hastily left the room 
and it's just like, okay, sure, take my baby piece. Like, she wasn't like, <laughs> like, okay, well, here, hold his head, and, like, he likes this, and he likes when you rub it. No, she's just like, I gotta go, I got my newspaper, can I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just more setup. We're, we're still building for mm-hmm. Dr. Rawlings. Yeah, yeah. We are, because it's like, look, the people are not into these recommendations. They they don't like it. So, every, yeah, we're going to see this is going to be an issue. Every time she brings up Dr. Rollins, though, I keep thinking of, um, oh, my God, I just, oh, Dr. Bronner's. Like, you know all the Dr. Bronner's products? <laughs> like, the, no. the oil. And, you don't know the Dr. Bronner's stuff? Like, um, no. Oh, my God. Yes, you do. It's this. It's like the soap with, like, all the stuff written on it, usually in, like, a newspaper kind of print with all the ingredients. Okay, I'm going to have Dr. Bronner's? I'm Googling. Oh. You it's know like, it. There's yeah. so much yeah. stuff on the label. Well, I'll like get a picture. You can't even. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I can't see it. Yes, you're... I do. I can see now. <laughs> yeah. I can see now, Aaron. Like the cast oil, the cast oil yes. or whatever. I know yeah, exactly so what you're talking yes. about. I don't think I ever saw the brand on that. Like, I've definitely seen these, but I never realized the This brand. stuff is so good. By the way, God bless. This stuff is, like, the best soap. It can be used for anything. But I literally not picture... Yeah. <laughs> not a sponsor. Only a doctor or whatever her name was, Claire. Um, but every time she, you know, goes into that stuff, I'm like, oh, my God, is she the, like, the original Dr. Bronner? <laughs> like oh my gosh like, imagine claire fraser from the ridge <laughs> isn't there like product placement within the show yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he gets married to I love it. name to brona here we are roger is singing again yeah Your favorite and- thing so I was Katie just had telling, a good thought about this. Yeah, I was just telling Aaron how in the books, and I don't remember if they mention it heavily in the show, but I think it comes up back in season two, how Jamie is tone deaf. And like, <gasps> right. there's this huge, almost, it's it's kind of funny in the books. And I don't feel, and it was kind of like a nice humorous moment where like, the thing Roger is really, really good mm-hmm. at, Jamie mm-hmm. can't appreciate because he's tone deaf. And it was actually kind of funny and, like, cute. And it made you not hate Roger so much. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But in the show, I feel like they're not really focusing on that as much for whatever reason. Yeah, they're not mentioning it. And also, it's, like, the thing that Jamie can't do, really. Like, right. which is saying Roger yeah. can do so well. So, well, yeah, that's a Jamie... good... Oh, I like that. Jamie can also last longer than five minutes. And Roger. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Just kidding. But not really. He's getting to the important stuff, (laughs) right? Yeah. Well, hey. (laughs) One's Harry. One's not really Harry. One's not. Yeah. So major differences. Yeah. So Jamie and Claire talk about how Rogers ha- has handled the situation. And uh, Claire also shows the Dr. Rowling's paper. And Jamie's, like, just amused, which is interesting. <laughs> and Claire's the one that's worried about the consequences for once, um, which I thought that was a little bit of a role reversal for them. I just, like, I, I if I recall, Jamie's kind of, like talking smack about Roger and, like, what a bad job he did. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. 
Jamie definitely had a hand in this getting to the newspaper. <laughs> it's like kind of hypocritical. Mm-hmm. He's just like, but then he's, he's like, just what like, an idiot. Yeah. And then he's just like laughing. Like, he's just like, yeah, uh, like this is going to get anywhere. It's the newspaper. <laughs> no, and then we not. have this like awful line from Claire where she's like, this can't get back to us, right? <laughs> like, I know. Again, another very heavy handed moment. Womp, it makes me wonder a little bit if like you know how we enjoyed the directing a lot last episode mm-hmm. um maybe the problem here is not jamie Payne. maybe it's barbara whatever her name is who wrote the episode yeah i this is like i as i said i felt like he did a really good job with last week's episode and this week i'm struggling with and so now i'm feeling very 50 50 on him so we'll mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. It's discovered next that Isaiah Morton is gone and people start getting really aggressive. Richard Brown, Richard Brown rides up and kind of calms the situation and seems to be the leader of the town. His brother is shit faced and basically Richard decides to take over the conversation with Jamie and everyone kind of backs down. Richard says to Jamie, you keep strange company, Colonel Fraser. And here we have another kind of heavy handed moment, I think, with yep. this being the title of the episode. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was a little in my face. And Richard seems pretty anti regulator and wants to keep peace with the governor. So he agrees that his men will ride to Hillsborough, but they're going to answer to him and not to Jamie. But in a classic power move, Jamie kind of smirks and says that if we are in agreement, you will answer to me. So he's still kind of on top of the hierarchy. Smartest man in the room, that Jamie Frazier. (laughs) I know. If only he could get Richard Brown to actually listen. Can we we take a moment to just like give props to like the brother's hair? (laughs) It was like the most beautiful (laughs) hair I've seen on character <laughs> this entire thing. It was exploding on his head. Like, okay. Not Where hair out of place riding on? up on a horse. Like, yeah, like, literally, like, has it been in the whole episode? Were you getting your hair did out there, girl? Were you at the salon just now coming back quick? What <laughs> oils are you using? Oils are you using? Are you using argon or Moroccan oil? Yeah, something is going on here. Okay, you're way too happy coming back here now. Help your brother, your brother out. Seriously, the brother has lived a rough life, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, literally. He needs to Mm-mm. get his blood pressure checked and eat something. Oh <laughs> eat some greens. Some greens. Um, some chamomile. Oh, my Lord. There you go. Hey, that's what I'm having. Oh, nice. Can, nice. Can you see what it says? Put on a kilt and call Miss Sassanac. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. We're going to have an Outlander mug right now for our Outlander. Yes. I have Katie. You're the one who needs something because I have the the penicillin growing. Yes, Katie. What do you have? Um, nothing handy. I have Coop's uh, Harry Coo stuffed animal somewhere. Good deal. Take it. (laughs) So Richard invites Claire and Jamie to stay in their house for the night. Um. Next, we're back at the big house, and Jermaine and Jemmy are playing on the floor. Bree decides that this would be a great time to get firewood, you know, when the sun's going down instead of at daylight time. 
and leaves the door open behind yeah, her as she leaves yeah. with toddlers. And like, is alone. I mean, I know, I know it's not now, but come on, like, don't leave the door open. Yeah, that was I exactly. Yeah. I and and I liked the idea of this, like she's in her own head. Um, and mm-hmm. I I think my favorite scenes in the episode were the ones of them at the house. Agreed. And these weren't um really in the books and were mm-hmm. kind of additions that the writers and, and the producers made, which normally I don't agree with their choices, honestly, but like I liked this and I liked keeping um the idea of bonnet close. But yeah, mm-hmm. just that again, I'm like, help yourself here and don't leave the door open as you go out. No. I mean, maybe she was like, I'll leave it open so I can hear them if anything goes wrong. But it's yeah. like they're so quick, little kids. Yeah. I like they, you know, I really like I will say I like this scene quite a bit. I agree with Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe this was my favorite scene. And I think more so because I feel like I could relate to it personally being <laughs> like honestly being home alone but but not just being home alone and having a crazy man after you I mean I've been through that enough but like mm-hmm. being home <laughs> being home alone and then building like this whole paranoia in your head like mm-hmm. like yeah. you hear something and you're like oh wait all my cats are like <laughs> in that room why did I hear something from that other room like your brain goes there and like almost puts you Mm -hmm. in the same type of psychosis that she was in. Um, And I think I can really, I think a lot of, you know, other audience members could probably relate to that situation. But I, I just go back to what I was saying in our last episode, this house, I'm so confused. They really make it seem like she's alone, but there are like literally what, three, four other people there. (laughs) Like where the heck are they? Mm -hmm. That she's like feeling like this. Why is she even alone? Like she's got the kids. Like, why is she completely by herself doing this all by herself? It just doesn't, does it make sense? I don't know. I, I think this is, again, coming back to our struggle with understanding the layout of this house, because I almost feel like the surgery is its own independent room mm-hmm. with, like, entrances and exits separate from the yeah. living space in the house, which I, I totally buy. But at the same time, why would the kids be playing in that room? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like, never be like, yeah, I'm going to go have the kids play in the room with the mold yeah, and, like, the sharp yep. pointy object. Oh, and then <laughs> why did why did she not go to the door in the room with the kids, too? She's, like, running around looking for Jemmy. And, oh, wait, surprise. There was an open door in that same room, and she didn't check that first. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It's the, number one, the number one thing I hate about TV and movies is, like, spatial reasoning with yourself. It's like... I'm in a room, I'm standing in a room, I know that the door is over there, okay? I know what's around me, like, in one second. TV films it in a way that, like, she could actually, like, oh my god, miss an entire door that's open? Like, come on, you mm-hmm. don't check the door that's, like, a mile away. Like, just have some, like, you know, obvious common sense with space here. I know I'm fighting the entire film industry right now, but still, like, it bugs the crap out of me. It, just, it shouldn't have... Just shouldn't have I, <laughs> yeah. I can't win. Uh, the the little boy that Jemmy is playing with, is this the same one that calls Roger or Harry Tick? Oh, the... you know what? You're right. This isn't Jermaine. This is another of Marsley's kids, I think. Because Jermaine's well, older. Well, right? that was my thing. Because I'm like, if it's that same one, he should be able to say more than ball. 
<laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's, like, a little bit. So, like, I, I so I'm, I'm thinking it's a middle one, but. Well, she certainly um, talked to him like he, he could answer. Right? Yeah, like, I'm. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> like, come on. I'm, I can't remember. And I'm, like, I, yeah, because all of a sudden, because if it's that same kid, it's, like, oh, all of a sudden this kid can't string a couple words together, like, for plot purposes. I don't know. I don't know which yeah. child this is. It's, it can't be Jermaine because he's, you know, he was m- joking about Roger being a Protestant and everything. Right. So exactly. it's got to be another one you know of their what? kids. You know what kind of bugs me, though? I, I'm i kind of annoyed the fact that Bree is by herself and no one with her knows that Bonnet is alive. Only she does. Claire and Jamie do. It just really bugs me that they didn't take better preventative measures to keep her safe. Like, mm-hmm. literally, no... Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like, someone there looking out, someone that knows the details, it's kind of, like, a little frustrating, you know? I mean, um, especially for her, too. You think she yeah. would have taken some more preventative measures, or I I don't know. You just left your castle unguarded. Like, come on here. Yeah. Like, bugs me. You're well, right. Also, Claire didn't it know. has to... Yeah, Claire didn't know, but Jamie did. Yeah, yeah. So, daughter. like, come on here, something, you know, you have all these men. I guess like, maybe they're thinking, like, how in the world would Bonnet know where Bree was, I guess? Because I don't think he's, I, maybe he doesn't expect that Bree will be able to, or Bonnet will be able to find Bree. I don't know, but I agree. I think there could have been but could some you more imagine, safeguards. No, but could you imagine if Bree didn't know, and then there was a Bonnet scene? Like, she mm. would literally, like, Ugh. shit her pants on the spot. Like, she turns around and sees Bonnet, like, ghost from the dead. I, I really feel like Claire and Jamie, who are very, very smart and reasonable, I think that it's, like, a big, big, stupid move that they did there, okay? Anybody, anybody could stay back. Honest to God. It's like, sorry, we can we can move on, but, like, it just, some certain things that just, like, piss me off about this show. Like, the common sense moves here that, that are uncalled for. Sorry, I'm, I'm being too mm-hmm. I went to the Outlander wiki and Marsley's children are Jermaine and then the next one's Joan. So that must be the little baby. So it's got to be Jermaine or somebody else's kid. I'm going to have to like rewatch just this part again because this is bugging me. Yeah, it was just like this weird turn for this kid who like was having a pretty adult, like a four or five year old kid conversation. And now all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like... When press... He can just point. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I don't know. I, I did appreciate that Marsley did not like mom shame or anything. She was like, look, he just was looking for his ball. <laughs> she wasn't like, why did you leave the door open? Why did <laughs> you leave true. them alone? <laughs> um, but Marsley does lock up the doors, I notice, and then sends the other women away so that she can talk to Bree. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess Marsley is actually a good one. Oh. Yeah, well, just she is. She's my favorite. Her. I mean, she can like chop up these, uh, you know, deer and goats and stuff. <laughs> but she's probably actually a pretty good protective layer there for for her. But, um, but yeah. And Bree is like a better shot than Roger. So this is true. This is true. Uh, we leave them for a minute and see Roger is signing the Brownsville men up to the militia, and everyone's last name is Brown. So, like, no wonder these people are messed up. They're all inbred. (laughs) And Claire's room is being set up. 
And at this time, we learned that Lucinda actually had lost her baby and that it, it was born too early. And now it makes kind of sense as to why Lucinda's first reaction with the baby was to notice how like strong and healthy the baby was. Because when compared to her own, I guess, she really could mm-hmm. tell the difference. Um, and they're willing to raise the baby as their own. Yeah. Um, and like, a, and then we have this weird moment from Claire where she's like, oh, I'll have to ask my husband. Like, <laughs> when has Claire ever had to ask Jamie yeah. for anything? But now she's going to ask if they can give her the baby. She's yeah. like, oh, crap. Jamie gave the baby a name. Like, I better make sure he's cool with this. Yeah, yeah but I just, I found it weird that they were a little over the top with them being, like, okay with, you know, the baby being, like, mixed race, you know? Like, I feel like mm-hmm. the way they filmed it and the way they went about it, they're just like, oh, the child must have, you know, or how, they're explaining how he was, came to be and, you know, was the father a slave? And I just feel like they're way too chill. <laughs> like, Considering how fast they were to act against Morton. Yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah right like, okay like true i don't know it was a little weird um maybe they're have, just excited about getting that free cabin they haven't seen it yet so they don't know true. how much but, it stinks but this is also one of those like oh yeah this is tv moment like here they have a baby mm-hmm. what are we gonna do with it? oh look the perfect couple for you guys to take this. she lost her baby too look she's ready so she's convenient yeah. yeah oh wow now we can continue and not have to pay for this baby for the show anymore like we got 30 other toddlers to be paying a salary for so Oh my god! Sorry, I'm very I'm 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 complaining this episode like crazy. So (laughs) it's okay. I like hearing your feelings about it. Emotional about this. (laughs) So Claire is left with Alicia, and she asks about Isaiah. They're super in love, and Claire tries to make it better by explaining he's not going to come back. He's married, but really, this just breaks Alicia's heart more, and. She indicates that she's pregnant by touching her belly and then expresses a desire to die. So Claire, you know, I was kind of like, Claire, QPR, okay? Like, jump in. She just said she wanted to commit suicide. Do a little more than just, like, pat her back. But that's what we get from the doctor. This girl would not survive in 2020. She would literally be like, oh, my God, like, that bitch ghosted me. Like, oh, my God. It's like one of those that's, like, like pulls out the razors when someone, like, you know, leaves her on red. Like, I just, the, the whole time, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Like, I love that. Like, he on. ghosted me. <laughs> and she knows the situation. It's, like, not even his fault, really. It's like, come on here. Hi. Yeah, I had this weird thing where the girl was saying how she thinks she's pregnant, and it just felt like, I'm like, did they even sleep together? Does she even know how that happens? Like, I, I was like, why does she even think that? Like, I it felt I like they had slept be... together a lot. That yeah, was the I, I was getting. I but read also... it as her, like, being miseducated and just, like, saying it to add to the drama of her own situation. Mm. It was like, I got this weird be. vibe from the whole thing. Okay, so that's gonna be awkward. Bring up a good point. Like, okay, here she's like, "Oh, I'm pregnant," but I'm sorry, it wasn't. What's the guy's name? Um, Isaiah. Isaiah hasn't he been with Jamie the whole time and like doing all these other things? Like, well, it takes like a month to (laughs) you know, it takes a month to realize if you're pregnant. Yeah, I know, but they like so you know, 
the timing's a little weird. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. she's so in love with him and can't be away from him and she's committing suicide. Well, he hasn't even like been with you for like the last month or whatever, you know? It's just, I don't know. Crazy people from the 1600s. <laughs> Did I get that right? 1716? I don't even know. The 1700s, yeah. Um, yeah. 1770s. English yeah. major here. <laughs> yeah. Old people time. So... Next, we come to my favorite scene of the episode is when Marsley and Brie are talking together. Um, I really liked it because Brie was actually like accessible in this scene. And we also got to know a bit more about Marsley and she was, you know, rational as ever. Um, what did you guys think about this moment? Um, I, I, loved was it. I thought you I loved it. We're playing like Russian roulette here. Let's <laughs> like, go for an errand. No, but um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was real cute to see them bonding. I thought, mm-hmm. um, well, I thought it was a little intense too, where she's just like, "I killed my father," or or she's like, "Did I tell you this?" Yeah. But she says it in such a way like everybody knows, like it's like common knowledge. Like I didn't, did I tell you the story about how I killed my father? Like it was just really. Like, <laughs> really not and then, but then you come to find out like she didn't actually kill her father. She like willed it into existence, and she's just setting it all up to make a point. Yeah, you know, exactly. she knows she didn't really kill her, her father, exactly. but she's like just trying to tell this story to make a point to Bree. And she shows now that not only is she like skilled with you know all those other things you know that she does, but she has wisdom too. She's a wise character, and mm-hmm. she's able to pull a Claire in this moment. And be there for Brie. And I don't know, it was a cute, innocent, well, sort of innocent moment. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Katie, what do you think? What about think? you, Katie? Yeah, um, I I liked it. I think uh, th- they did a good job with this. And um, I was mentioning to you, Tiff, that it, it gave me vibes like in Mad Men when Joan and Peggy sit down and are kind of reflecting on their time at the agency with all the men. And um, it just had this, like, strong woman vibe. And, you know, it was nice to see them, you know, building each other up and and helping one another. I agree. I was into it. Yeah. All we need is, like, another person and some traveling pants that could fit all the girls. We're good. Okay, continue. Go (laughs) on, go on, go on. Sisterhood of the traveling pants. Do we not know? Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Yeah. No. I got the. I got it. Uh. <laughs> Too much. Um. So now it's nighttime in Brownsville, and Claire stops Kazzy and notices that he has a fever and also has infected tonsils. She <laughs> drops something I could live without: the Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ. Um. She delivered it better than she has in the past, but it's something that works better being read, I think. I never really like it when she says it in the show. So what is going on here, though? Are they hinting at, like, she literally was like, how did he get the same bacteria? He must have got the same bacteria in his throat. What's going on? I I don't know yet. I, it, a, could like, or... <laughs> it could be like it could be tonsil stones. What I want to know: Are they together or not? Like, okay. <laughs> 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 like weird thing going on here? Because if so, I'm out next episode. Okay, like if you if you really want it spoiled for you, we'll spoil it for you. We are currently yeah. taking a momentary second to spoil Spoiler this <laughs> for ourselves. Please hold. <laughs> 
Oh my god, and we are back. That was crazy. I can't even believe what's going to happen with these characters, and I now know the spoil has been spoiled. <laughs> well, shall we carry on? You're now? welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Get yeah. ready. <laughs> we should. So, Claire tells Jamie that, you know, Kezi's sick, she needs penicillin for the surgery, and she has to go back to the ridge for that. Jamie tells Roger he's going to escort her back uh, because Jamie didn't have time to teach him what the word captain meant. For the second time, he says this. So Roger's prepared now like a total nerd and begins to explain the etymology of the word, which Mm -hmm. was a moment I hated. Mm -hmm. You have to know what he's talking about, Roger. Like he doesn't mean actually the the meaning of the word, like the dictionary definition. We don't need it. Um, We didn't even get to my least favorite Roger moment of this episode yet. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to hear what it is. (laughs) Oh, there's a big one. (laughs) So Roger is super butthurt about having to take Claire back to the ridge. But Claire tries to make him feel better by saying that Jamie has entrusted him with the person he loves most. So it seems like, and we talked a bit about this before, but it seems like Jamie and Roger's relationship is like still not progressing. And I I guess I have a sense that you guys are not loving the attention and would rather kind of see them come to understand each other. Um, I don't mind well, it taking a little bit of time to develop, but yeah, I you, think it's can getting I just say, old. Though, it's also, I, for me, what's getting old about it is what did he even do to Jamie? Like, I think there's still, mm-hmm. I think the audience sometimes gets confused with the fact that Jamie kicked his ass thinking he was Bonnet. And like, I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's still uh-huh. this harbored hatred for him because like Jamie literally thought he was Bonnet for a little while. I think part of the problem though is they're not mentioning Ian enough and the fact that young Ian yeah. is like This is true. You're right. Okay, you're so right. And yeah. I don't know why they Even, aren't yep. mentioning that because it's mm-hmm. like a huge point of contention in the books. Like Jamie can't look at Roger without thinking about young Ian, basically. Yep, right. That's true. Mm-hmm. And you know, he feels like he's disappointing his sister by not protecting yeah. her son but it's still jamie's fault i mean it's still really jamie's fault okay he acted stupidly right and impulsively out of revenge and honestly mm-hmm. he should know better and he should at least cut roger a little bit of a break because he's the one who really like went down that line first um not only that okay like yeah like yeah we make fun of roger roger does kind of suck but but he still came through time for Bray. He still is fathering mm-hmm. this child. He's still, I don't know. He's still manning up for the most part, you know, on like his, you know, for his values at least. Um, so I think Jamie really does need to like cut him some slack here, father-in-law. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> I just feel like Roger has all of these like nasty like moments of his insecurity like where Mm -hmm. he's like oh Bree you should feel so lucky that Jamie left you in charge and now he's like feeling all bad for himself throwing a pity party that he's getting kicked out of the Mm -hmm. militia and has to bring Claire home and she has to like pick him up and it's like you know what it's not always about you Roger like (laughs) (laughs) seriously like do you expect Claire to travel back by herself yeah, it's like, just I mean, someone. I I just feel bad for the character because it's just like the way mm-hmm. they're portraying him 
is just not doing him any favors. Well, um, right. Well, imagine, what if he I mean, was like, like, what if he was like more literal? Like, maybe he's just like, yeah, I'm so jealous. You get to stay here, and I have to go. <laughs> 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 like, like, if they were in their time, they would just be like, I'd appreciate that out. more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I wish, I wish he. I wish it was dry sarcasm, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. it just comes out really whiny. It's just like, yeah, oh. it's, yo, yo. I'm yeah. going to go get men killed, and you're going to go babysit <laughs> like a paranoid freak. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so we're back with Bree, and she's paging through her sketches and moves some of Jemmy aside and pulls out all the bonnet sketches and throws them in the fire. So... Good job, girl. Good job, Marcely. Like, I think you made a breakthrough. Can, can I just jump in real quick? Sorry again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also particularly annoyed, not to go way back, because we were talking about Marsley in the sketches, when she thinks that it was Bonnet's coin, and she's talking to the woman, and she's describing Bonnet, and I'm like, girl, reach into your pocket, grab one of the 47 sketches. I know. Well, that's what I thought she was like. Actually, I thought the same thing. Like, she was going to take a sketch oh out God. and be like has anyone seen this man like the terminator like, yeah. it's like are you for real right now like come on here are you really verbally describing him like go go get some darn photos like uh, oh and then but then the other thing is like the old the old lady's like literally breeze like did he look like this? She's like, no. Did he look like this? No. Did he look like this? No. Did he have a scar on his face? I'm old. I can't see. Like, you can tell, like, nine other characteristics about him, but not a giant scar on this person's face. Like, you can tell he's got a freaking ponytail, but you can't see the eye. Like, this is just so ridiculous. Like, come on here. Oh, TV. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like I feel like it takes us longer to talk about an episode we don't like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's easy to hate. It's that. fun. It's fun. <laughs> I liked it still. I still like it. Um, but we get to a scene that I didn't love a lot. Um oh wait, yeah, kind of. So we're back at Brownsville and there's like dancing and music and frivolity. Mr. Brown looks pissy as always. Claire takes the baby and tells Lucinda to go dance. And this is when Lucinda and her husband say like they're willing to take care of her. And Claire says she's going to have to talk to Jamie about it. She then like she took the baby just to like have it for one literal second and then passes it off to the husband. I have to say though that I thought the husband was pretty fine. Thought yeah, he was like, cute. But what was, that scene was a little weird though, because it just mm-hmm. wasn't. It didn't need to be in it. Because like I don't know about I you agree. guys, like he, when he grabbed that baby, he looked like scared. Like he looked He's like so uncomfortable. Oh! And like it they was portrayed like I've him never so held different. a baby. Yeah, but like the scene before it was so different. Like he was like so wanting to be a dad, like receptive. And then she's like, "Here, you want? Here she is again, like just tossing the kid. Like who wants to be here now?" But, it's um, like, why'd you even bother, yeah, like, yeah, take, like, taking the baby? I think I this was but, supposed to make us feel better about them as potential parents mm-hmm. to the kid. And because there's so much about this town where you're like, uh, I don't know if this kid yeah. should stay here. So it was some, like, character building to show that they're decent people. 
Mm -hmm. well, at least they won't be a brown a brown it'd be a beardsley but i don't disagree like, there you I go don't, i don't really need this scene either <laughs> like most of the what episode <laughs> <laughs> what did oh, you guys uh, think about jamie's jig oh his little oh dance well, I I was just like again i don't know the history here but i didn't need it i don't know he looked great i was just like cragna swoon he looked hot he looked so <laughs> I know. hot like literally he's always hot but i thought he looked really hot with his bollywood jig thing fingers like yeah. i didn't realize that Jigs had Bollywood. I was in like them. river dance much? Like what? <laughs> I just feel like Sam Hugan wanted to do this, so they let him. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, did you guys notice that Kat and Sam are producers on yeah. the show now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Like he used some sway. Yeah. It's like I, I am a great jigger. <laughs> Again, Get me in I just, there. I just feel like Book Jamie never would have done this. <laughs> yeah. I, I just mean, feel like, it, uh, how does he not accidentally do something like a really, I feel like that type of dance can come off really feminine and you got to be very careful <laughs> because there were moments <laughs> where he's like, like oh, I want to be a, a brutish dancer, you know, with all my men. But then he starts doing these like, like really fair, dainty, like dance moves. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> Yeah, his fancy footwork. Fancy footwork. <laughs> yeah, not for me. <laughs> oh my god. So oh. Jamie and Claire go into the woods, and Claire could like clearly think she's about to get some, but Jamie springs this question on her. He wants to know if she wants to keep the baby. Do you guys think the baby would be better off with the Frasers or the Browns? Well, I still think the Browns for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, it's not necessary for them to have the baby. Like, come on. <laughs> She's making pe a penicillin revolution right now. Yeah, I think they baby. just don't have the lifestyle exactly. for a baby. Like, they're, he's a colonel. Like, and there's mm -hmm. a war about to break out. So. And she's a time traveler. Like, it's mm -hmm. a family of time travelers, okay? Like, let's, uh, not taking the baby that can't time travel, okay? Um, I don't know. I just, again, I, it's one of those scenes that is just bugging me because there's so many other things they could be doing. So. And then she mentioned their obituary, which I was like, I get so blurry between the show and the books. I was like, wait, this hasn't happened yet. Like the resolution of the obituary. I guess we're still waiting to see if they burn down in the house or not. Oh, yeah. I um, I didn't even realize that they referenced that. I thought that was over and yeah, done. <laughs> I thought they saw Yeah, it. I thought so too. But she was like, and then there's our obituary and I cherish every moment that we have together. Mm. So, I don't know. Um, I did like Claire's understanding of like the loss of a baby and how she and Lucinda have that in common and that she knows having this baby could kind of like probably help Lucinda heal a bit. Yeah, that's true. Um, but again, I think Jamie's kind of still like first time parent mindset, not really understanding like the realities of yeah. a baby's impact on their lives. True. So they hear a gun go off and they see that Alicia is in the woods trying to commit suicide, but they manage to stop her and bring her home. Do you have thoughts? This was ridiculous. This scene. I'm like, how did she not kill herself? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. Like she's, pointing this gun from the 1700s at herself and the bullet grazes her i'm so 
<laughs> like, I just am not buying it. Like, how was she? How did she even survive? Like, it just happened to work out that she was in the vast, gigantic woods in the same spot that they're hanging out. And, like, she doesn't blow her head off, even though she's, like, aiming at, like, her heart or whatever. It was just, like, a little ridiculous. And it was just too dramatic girl, like, crushing on someone that she's going to kill herself. It just was, like, ugh. It's too much for me. Okay, too much. I don't know how you guys felt. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just... I guess I just, like, am, I'm so quick to, like, rationalize things. I'm like, well, those guns weren't very accurate. And they're very powerful. And she's small and young and holding it in a weird position where she has to, like, trigger it with her thumb. Like, I don't know. I kind of... Ra- I just... <laughs> I talked it away <laughs> in my mind. Just like yeah. she's so 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to take away from like the emotional distress of someone who's suicidal, but it's, yeah, I struggle to sympathize with her. So they bring her home, like I, like we said, and then Jamie goes to get some whiskey and, and comes upon Isaiah And Jamie lets him know that Allie is with child and he begs to see her and lays down some classic like, okay, Cupid lines of (laughs) I'm married, but we're separated. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't lived together for two years. Yup. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm having a midlife crisis. (laughs) This was my my least favorite Roger moment of the Mm -hmm. episode where the guy, where the guy is like, you wouldn't leave your loved one. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's exactly what Roger did. That's exactly what he did. And, and I thought like when Allie and Isaiah embraced and they were like the only two people in the room and the others were kind of shuffling awkward off to the side. Um, I really could feel their love. And for some reason, I like at that moment was way more invested in their relationship than I am in Roger and Breeze. <laughs> This is terrible. It was it was cute, but it was just again, it was a tale as old as time, like true love Mm -hmm. and like, you know, arranged marriage versus the person you love. It's like these are theme one outlander things, okay? Like (laughs) we're way beyond this. We don't need a reminder of of this whole entire genre that's been played out so many times over and over again. Um you know, but it was sweet. It was a cool reminder of like times back then and how serious they take things mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, um, being promised to someone, but like going as far as having the entire town raging to like kill the person because he got her pregnant. I like, know. it's just a little ridiculous. Here, I mean, the guy, the guy wouldn't join the militia because his daughter is so important. But he's like so mm-hmm. stubborn that he can't pick up her like a, a, like suicidal cues here, like in her actual well-being. So again, it's you know the 1700s or whatever. But um, I don't know. We could have seen better things. I think it would have. Maybe if she blew her head off, maybe that would have been pretty cool. I don't know. But it was just like <laughs> no, really, honestly, like some shock value yeah. here. Like literally something. I mean, come on. It's like I get what you're saying. Like yeah. that would have been <laughs> yeah, there like been impactful. Like there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, oh, I, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, wait. We'll probably get there. About the but, that makes yeah, yeah they but, get, you know. they get their happy uh-huh. ending ish or whatever and uh, mm-hmm. that's good for them and you know we can get back to the real storyline yeah so they 
they help them, you know, Jamie and Claire help them to escape. And we see like this distraction of the horses racing. So bad. So bad. bad. And the two Brown brothers are just looking at each other. Like what these effing noobs, like like, you are not pulling this over on me. Like we know something is happening. This was the stupidest scene in the entire series of Outlander. Like, they have to escape. How about we choose the crack of dawn when it's bright out? Okay, silent hairpin could hear. Okay, let's not do this during nighttime. Then we have Roger, like, knocking over the barrels. So they create a distraction two minutes later. Okay, like, No, I just have to say that I did rewind this. And the couple knocks the barrels over. And yes. the oh, one oh, moment where Roger does actually try to be a productive he stops human. He oh, barrel. He physically does something. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I feel like I, I say so much bad stuff against him. I do need to give him credit that he was trying to help in this particular scene. But it was just so stupid. They're like on these horses, like so visible. I mean, I, right before they, uh-huh. sh- they did the scene, I'm like, oh, are they going to make like a little... Um, like a little carriage wagon and like hide them in the hay bales and like sneak them out. No, they're just going to like get on the back of the horse, like in their same outfits, like with their heads high and just be like, peace out. We know you want to kill us, but we're just going to take our time. <laughs> and where are they going? Like, where no. are they going? Like, are they gallop. going to the rich? Like, where yeah. are you going to live? <laughs> and now Jamie has lost like three of his most loyal men because of this whole issue so the guys that left because they were mad that morton got captured or was handed over by roger and now this guy who gave his oath to jamie first out of everyone so well like, and roger's gone home too and so roger's going home people, technically <laughs> he's got fergus. So roger's useless he's <laughs> got fergus but fergus has one hand Fer- it's okay. like Fergus just doesn't man up sometimes when you think he should. Like that whole scene where Roger's trying to figure something out and they're just sitting there behind the hay bales. Come on, Fergus. (laughs) 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 Where were you, Fergus? (laughs) Man, say something. Offer something. Come on here. He's literally like, he's not saying a peep. Like, come on, you darn frog. Like, let's get it on here. Fergus is not a leader. No, no. Like, you need a point where they want to go. This is ridiculous. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Is so it almost we, over. <laughs> yeah, it's over. We end with Claire giving her voiceover again, and we see oh the horses god. running free. That's right. And yeah, Which was actually, and then it was fifty-three minutes into the fifty-nine-minute-long episode, and I was so happy to see those credits, man. I was like, oh do I have? There were some awkward moments, but what would you guys give this? I would give it a B. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. A C. That's not that's not bad. Because and only because I liked I liked the threat of Bonnet without actually mm-hmm. seeing Bonnet. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? You give this a G for get the heck out of here. This episode was terrible, man. Oh, oh my God. God. I don't know what really this is like not that. 
boogie bugle boy episode like that was terrible do you remember that where she was singing boogie boogie bugle boy with uh murtaugh when they were trying to find jamie like that was bad this is not like crazy coconut guy (laughs) level of bad (laughs) like like, no this was not that bad it was just boring. They needed something else. They needed like some bacteria making or something. Um, like I guess that. I think <laughs> I think coupled with the last episode, it was just like no thanks. Very, yeah, it was very. I mean, the last episode, which I did not really enjoy, but was at least suspenseful. I guess they did the same gig with the with the goat. <laughs> <laughs> like like Billy or whatever had like misdirection. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just the goat again. It's Billy. Oh, I oh. couldn't believe Jamie walking that goat in and like, oh, it was the goat. He startled again. the horses. Like yeah. it was so not. He was like, are you guys buying this? Like, and then no. Also, like these townspeople, like they're really running after the horses. Like, can you chase a horse? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that actual possible? Like, no, but it's do they like get the horses. Like, they're super important though to their livelihood. They are super expensive, like, and yeah. Does anybody take time waking up? It was literally like our horses, and then every man in town like ran out with like their shirts off, like our horses. Oh, like, come on! <laughs> it was like the scene in Beauty and the Beast when she's going through town, and like they're all in their windows, like opening it up, like. They like run out and like chase it. I just feel like so Jamie's really hurting himself here because these are horses for the militia that he's like. I don't know. Jamie. Okay, so Claire's voiceover at the end of the episode. I thought that was interesting as opposed to it's typically at the beginning, I think. I don't love a voiceover. I didn't like this one. I yeah. It, so I'm just like, oh yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the life lesson she was trying to instill on me or whatever. But I mean, like, love conquers all, and something about choices. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and we have to hope that this choice doesn't have any negative consequences. And it's like, okay, so you're telling us it will. I feel like that's so. a better. I feel like that's a better um, voiceover for the last episode. With free will. Mm-hmm. The company well, we keep. We got there. The company we keep. The company we got we through keep. it. We got through it. Um, we mm-hmm. hope that you all have enjoyed us as the company that you keep tonight. And Ooh. have enjoyed this Outlander experience. So if you so, like what we're doing, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fraser's Ridge. And this was fun. So was fun. see you guys next week. Bye.